Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hi, and thank you for participating in another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. Today, we have somebody that I have run into at several events, and I know I've been saying that a lot on the podcast, but really, when you meet people more than a couple of times, I think there's a reason you're supposed to be talking to them a little bit more. So I want to introduce you to Monica Ramirez, and she calls herself the Warrior of Love, which I just love that title, and she is also a transformational belief coach. So Monica, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. I know you've been traveling a lot and back to do this podcast, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. So, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your passion is. I know you are very passionate in in supporting your clients. Tell us a little bit about yourself and this interesting warrior of love and transformational belief coach title that you have. Yes, I I work with people to transform their their lives. And in this podcast, actually, it really brought my attention because it is talking about divorce. And I've been married four times. And of course, I've been divorced four times too. And uh, and I was it was a process for me, and that was part of my own personal transformation. That that helped me actually understand how that so painful because no one gets into the marriage thinking, oh, but I'm gonna divorce. We always, when we got into a marriage, we're thinking, oh, this is gonna be the last one, and I'm gonna die old with that person and so forth. But what happened when it doesn't happen like that? Yeah. How many how many of us we carry guilt and shame and blame and so forth? And some people actually overcome that. And so many people just hate their ex-husbands for the rest of their lives and they damage themselves and they damage their kids. And that's something that I learned. Yeah. And so thank you for saying that, because, um, you know, it is a conscious I've been divorced once and and I've had my my last husband passed away. So the the sense of loss in both of them is very different because the relationship parts on different terms. You know what I mean? Like when you go through a divorce, you have a choice. You can either continue to dislike or hate. I mean, whatever. I know some people think that's a terrible word, but let's face it. When you go through a divorce, especially during the divorce, um, there's typically not this warm, fuzzy feeling between you. Although sometimes people are okay with the divorce. You know, sometimes that, that does happen. But tell us a little bit about that idea of letting go of that anger and frustration and all that hurt. And like you said, guilt sometimes and shame and things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about those emotions? Yes, obviously my last divorce, it was not even similar how it was my first divorce. The first time I divorced, it was 21. And of course I was not conscious and I was playing the victimhood. So it was easier to guilt and hate the other person. So I believe my first husband still to this day fear me (laughs) because I was so enraged that when I when I divorced him and uh, I was 21, like I mentioned, and it was a process in in each divorce that I have learned more about myself 
and I came to understand that at the end they were all teachers. All my relationships, they were they're being teachers. Mm-hmm. I learned from each one of them different things. They were not even the same. And overcoming that part and understanding they're not our enemies a lot of the times because yes, lawyers are doesn't make it easier. Even if you try to finish your relationship in a very amicable way and not all the time the lawyer will help you out in that way. They will trigger different things. Why? Because if the problem becomes bigger in the court, they're going to make more money from all of us that were divorcing. And you follow into the game of the lawyer, you're going to end actually hating more your ex-spouse. And that's a game part of the system so they can make more money. And I think that's very, you know, there there are definitely attorneys that are uh, more likely to trigger um, conflict between the couple. But I think a lot of times it's because, and, and what I work with women in my divorce coaching is to let them know, you know, the, the attorney is working for you. So if you want the attorney to mediate, to negotiate, to work through this and to decrease the conflict, it all starts with choosing the right attorney that's going to be one of those attorneys. And there are, I think there's a growing number. Would you would you say, Monica, there's probably a growing number of people that go through a divorce and it's a very low conflict divorce, as opposed to maybe 20 or 30 years ago when almost all divorces were pretty high conflict. What do you have you because you work with a lot of women that are trying to get back up on their feet again right after the divorce. So how do you how do you see do you see a difference with your clients or the majority when they finish their their divorce, they're coming out of that divorce, they're still with that anger and guiltiness and uh, for everything because they're playing the victimhood because that is compatible with the society, that you have to hate your ex-husband mm-hmm. or your ex-wife. You know, they, it's, it's like um, the social norm acceptable. Right. And when you tell them, I don't have any kind of conflict with my ex-husband, why? Because he was my teacher in learning how to believe in myself, in learning how to respect myself, learning to love myself as I am, that's that's actually is a game changer for divorcees because that's when you're understanding why why the first in the first uh, why you even chose him to start mm-hmm. right because yeah. we were attracted for the different things that we wanted to learn from them yeah so tell me a little bit about because um, how do you if, if you're going through the divorce, what are some strategies or some ways that you recommend for people to avoid getting into that real anger and almost hatred relationship? I mean, how do you suggest that people uh, do a mindset shift on that? Well, first of all, we have to all understand that at the end of the days of our marriage, when we're getting the divorce, Everybody has anger issues in that moment. And we're feeling that we've been cheated in so many ways, not necessarily physically, that we would not have the what we thought it was going to be that marriage. It ended our illusion of what we believe that marriage was going to be about. So we are angry. Mm-hmm. But we are angry in reality. It's not even to the, the person. It's the choices that we did 
because and then we chose them and then we chose them to get married with them so and we ended and we chose to leave that marriage for any motive we chose them so when we understand that we chose them that's when we can observe what I actually will learn from that situation and start having compassion for that person and we have to understand that no one can give us something that they don't have for themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Talk. Can you talk a little bit? Because I I talk to people all the time about that. That um, you know, I get a lot of women, and because I work only with women, so I get a lot of women who say, you know, my husband or my partner, if it's a same gender relationship, it doesn't matter, um, would say my partner uh, was a narcissist. My partner was um, distant and cold and or my partner was emotionally abusive. And we're, we're not going to talk about the physical uh, domestic violence situations that involve physical um, risk to self, although the emotional stuff is risky and everything is risky potentially. Um, but I want to specifically, again, remind women, if you're listening, we're not talking about doing this kind of work if you're in a dangerous situation. Get out, get professional help, get to a safe location. But if you're not in that category, which I hope none of you are, um, where do you start doing this work? Like where where do you, where do you see people having the capacity to actually start reflecting on what was the learning and the teaching involved in that relationship? I believe you have to give it a few months at the beginning because you're angry mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to see the other point of view or putting the shoes of the other side, you know, what they were feeling or understanding. And yes, many of us, we come, uh, we come out from many narcissist uh, uh, abusive marriages right? because we could not observe in the beginning and the because a narcissist will try to embellish you at the beginning, wonderful, but at the end it is the more horrible and destructive. Yeah. And it, yeah. it is like that. But even those relationships that we chose to marry, we have to understand what have we learned from it. That's the right. best way you can get out softly and easily. Even with my ex-husband that we can say that he's a narcissist person. He was a bipolar person. So even if he didn't try to harm me in any way, uh, it was, he could not control it. He was mentally ill. That right. is bipolar. And uh, and we're very good friends now. But of course, the first six months, I avoid him. Why? Because I was going to receive all the attacks and I know he didn't mean it, but I know he couldn't help it. Right. I can go and play that game with him and then we will hate each other forever. That that's the majority of the people we, we divorce. Or we just can't take our distance the more we can because sometimes there's kids in the in the middle that we have to talk with them. Right. And uh, and but if we can avoid them the more we can, don't take anything personal. Mm. We have to remember that whenever they are um angry they're just projecting themselves their own insecurities that do not have to do anything with you right 
Right. That's such a powerful message. And, you know, when you when you said that um, about their projecting their uh, particularly, you know, there's a lot of research now that uh, narcissists use that projection a lot where when they're talking about, oh, you know, you're not being honest with me, you're not you know, you're cheating, you're doing it's a lot of times it's their insecurities or, you know, you're um, you're not faithful. It's it's their insecurities that they are pushing onto you and then blaming you for it. And then you're kind of blindsided by it. It's like, where did this come? <laughs> I haven't done anything to, to provoke this. Um, what, what about the, the learning? Like, how does that, do you think most people naturally do that work? like reflect on the relationship or do they, is it just more convenient to say it was all his or her fault and just leave it at that? For what that I would like to say, it was all his fault. It is not true. I have the 50% of, of the fault. First of all, I chose him. First of all, I, I decided to marry him. Why? Maybe because I was not feeling good enough or I don't deserve better enough. Why you settle? Because of those other reasons, right? So that part of that's part of my fifty percent. And if, of course, if I took all the abuse of a narcissistic relationship, was because of those reasons. Sure. So how I'm gonna guilt? No one knows uh, how they're gonna uh, how to treat us unless we tell them to. How we gonna we treat it? So in that part, we are also responsible. If we want to create our own peace, we have to get out of the victimhood. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because you can get sucked into being a victim for the rest of your life. And if you do that, you're just going to marry the same dude or woman over and over and over again. They're going to look different. They'll sound different, but they are going to be the same person with the same problems. Um when when you talk about um, maybe having people start to look at getting into new relationships, because I know you work on helping women or do you work with men as well, Monica? I'm not sure. I forgot. I do work with both. OK, so when you're working with women or men that are out of a relationship, they've done some of the work on their own and kind of got themselves to that place where they're no longer in that victim mode. How do people start finding good, healthy relationships? I know that's a huge, I mean, that's a big, big, big question, but how did you start doing that? Something that I encounter over and over with my clients, it is that they settle because they're afraid to be alone. But in reality, when you're getting out of a relationship, it is healthy to actually take your time, put yourself back together, because when we come out of a relationship and more with a narcissist, we forgot who we are. We don't even know what is our favorite food. We don't know what color is our favorite color, what we like, who we are. So we need that time yeah. to actually find again who we are. And that's when we can start reflecting what I did wrong. Because then when you start reflecting what you did wrong, you're not gonna repeat the same story with the next relationship. Right. Because or else you're gonna accept by loneliness another, a, a clone copy of your ex-husband. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I was um, I used to do a divorce training program and a co-parenting program. And one of the things that the the statistics that I remember from that is it's something it's like 40 percent of people who divorce will remarry in the first year after their divorce. And men are three times more likely to remarry in that first year than women. Um, So, I mean, if you're not if you're not healthy and okay you're bringing all the crap from your last marriage or your last two marriages or three marriages. You're just bringing that into your current relationship. And your new partner has no idea what's going to set you off when they do something because you're still in that, in that mode. Do you, do you see people doing that or? Yes, they, they tend to do the same thing. We see it all, all over. Every time that someone gets divorced and again, they start having a new relationship, even if they're planning to marry or not, mm-hmm. it's a clone that you're doing. Or we think it's not a clone because we look for exactly for the opposite. Right. Our last relationship. But that is just hiding because in reality, it's the same person. Right. With a different name and a different face and different whatever. But it is not. It is the same energy th- energetically um type of how they're going to be treating us and everything resumes that if we feel worthy how we like to be treated and if you jump from one relationship to the other one you don't know how you want to be treated yeah. because the only thing that you know is how you were treated before yeah how long do you I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I apologize, Monica. How how long would you say, and I know everybody is different, but what, what kind of guidelines for that time when you should just get comfortable with being yourself? If you've, now, if you've come out of a, like I've, I've worked with people who have um, been married for a few years and then have been separated maybe for five or six or 10 years and just never actually did the divorce. And now they're they're doing the divorce because they want to get into a new relationship. So that's something different. But if you're a person that's going from one marriage, getting a divorce, and then thinking about getting into a new relationship, what is kind of the time that you would recommend to people, take this just for yourself. Don't get into new relationships. Do your own work. Get yourself into that good, healthy, feeling good about yourself and knowing your worth. How long does that take for most people? That variates for each person. Let's say someone that is being for, I have met a woman that they're being in the divorce after uh, 50 years of marriage. Yes. So that happens, it can happen, and the story in 50 years of marriage, so what they have to heal, it is going to be way longer than one year of marriage. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's not going to be pain, less painful than the other one. But there's more story behind it. Right. There's more damage behind it. Yeah. From one to 50. Yeah. So it is how long you have to heal yourself and find yourself. Are you going to retreats? Are you working with yourself? Are you going with coaches, healers, therapists, etc.? Or you're just doing it by yourself? Or because that this is important to we can determine uh, determine how long you're going to need to heal yourself. Like I've been single for five years. And yes, I'm not going to deny that I have encountered possibilities, but then I see the same pattern that I am at, still attracting. So that's when I realized I still need to work with that. Right. With myself right. Before even I decide or jump to any relationship. Because obviously I still believe in love, 
but I do not want it to relieve the same situations that I've, I've been before. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I I love that, that you are saying that when you see those same patterns that you don't go, um, oh, there's something wrong with me or I'm this bad person that I'm attracting these horrible partners. You say, I need to do some more work on this. I love that because you're right. So many people do see themselves as damaged or I work with a lot of women who have been in these maybe a couple of really bad and, and maybe they're not narcissists. Maybe they're just jerks. I mean, they're just married to bad people. <laughs> Everybody can be bad and not necessarily be a narcissist, right? So um, what do you think or or how do you think that women can identify those patterns? Like what should they look for? Because I, I, again, I hear so many women who say he was perfect. Everything was perfect. And then we got married and then everything fell apart. And it's hard to get them to understand, no, the signs were there. You were not able to see them. You were not you were not aware of the symptoms or you were not aware of those red flags or you didn't know or you didn't understand how you were getting into that relationship. So what are some of the things that you could and we're just about out of time, but this is this is a fascinating topic I, because I think this is so important for healing. What would you say were, are some of the signs or maybe internal sensors that women or men should tune into in a new relationship? First, before you jump into the, the next uh, relationship, start analyzing yourself. What do you want? What is, where do you want to go? How you want to be treated? How do you treat yourself? You're telling yourself all the time in front of the mirror that you're horrible, that you're fat, that you're getting ugly, that this and that. And all those problems are starting come showing up. That's what you're going to attract in the next relationship. So, pay attention. If you're feeling that you can, that you're receiving, uh, having a, a, a mate that is trying to hide those things, you already know how it feels. And if you're feeling the same emotion, the same uh, treatment that your ex, you're not going to be able to change it. We thought that that was only happening in the teenagers. Oh, they're going they're thinking that they can change it. But as a grown-up woman, we still have that little child. Yeah. Thinking that we can change or we can transform or heal someone. Yeah. Everybody has to do it by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a guest on here the other day who said your new spouse is not like a house. It's not a fixer upper project. They need to be the palace you want before you sign the contract. And I thought, you know, because so many of us do that, right? Well, he or she would be perfect if they would just do this. Well, if they're 40 years old or 30 years old or even 20 years old, they're probably not going to change for you because and especially if they've been through a few relationships in the past, you know, they're pretty set in their ways. And I mean, I know that for myself, um, I would I would need to have somebody who was exactly who I wanted before I would be willing to go in, into that. But when I was in my 20s, I don't think I would have said that. Like, I really don't. So um, I think there is a, a lot of age wisdom that comes with some of this stuff. <laughs> Definitely. 
So Monica, you have shared a ton of information, like really good information. And I know with this personal healing, it really takes like one-on-one support and coaching or therapy or journaling or working on yourself or going to retreats. Or like you said, there's a bunch of different opportunities. Um, With all of the information that you provided, what do you think people should, that are listening to this, you would like them to remember when they hear your name, what's the message you want them to remember from you? Well, what I would recommend everybody is first learn to love yourself. You can't ask someone to come and love you if you're not loving yourself. That's what is more important. And forgive yourself. Yes, you chose him. Okay, you did a mistake. Well, that doesn't have to repeat the same story. If you love yourself or else you're going to repeat in the same pattern. Yeah. I, I, again, I love that. Just, just take some time, love yourself, get comfortable with who you are. Monica, if people want to reach out to you and find out more about what you do, or maybe work with you um, to work through some of this stuff, especially if they've been in a difficult relationship or they're feeling that they're kind of stuck in that victim mode, um, how should they reach you? Yes, they can uh, contact me at my website, monicaramirezwarrioflove.com or in Facebook, Monica Ramirez Warrior of Love. Great. Thank you. And all that information is going to be in the show notes. Um, and please connect with Monica. Uh, if you if you if she can be of any help to you, I know she's a very kind soul and she helps a lot of people. So, Monica, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.